0: The church, I've been been praying and I've said, God, we need to build a supernatural church, especially right now with what we're going through. This is the time for us to experience the supernatural power of God. If you've been wondering why we keep preaching on the supernatural, if you wonder why we keep talking about it, it's because this is the hour for the supernatural Book of Acts church to rise up. You have to remember that the Book of Acts church thrived in tough times. The Book of Acts church grew in the midst of adversity. They did not whine or they did not complain about what they were going through. The Bible says that they were excited that they were worthy to be persecuted. They were excited about the trials. They were not a superficial daycare center. They were an unstoppable army in the spiritual realm. So many Christians and believers right now are living in the hour where they have a reputation of being alive, but they are dead on the inside. There is a spiritual death that has come upon the church and we have to confront the fact that there is little to no supernatural spiritual activity in our everyday lives outside of sunday morning we need the supernatural church i wonder if there's anybody in here tonight that says i want to be a part of the supernatural church i want to be a part of what god is doing right now i don't want to live my life in the natural realm without the gifts of the spirit without performing deliverances without praying in the spirit without encountering god and stand in heaven one day and the lord say you had so much opportunity to experience me. You had so much opportunity to encounter me, but you chose that which was superficial instead of that which was supernatural. This is why when we begin to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, it is so foreign in the American church, yet it was normal in the book of Acts church. We see literally every gift of the Holy Spirit active in the book of Acts throughout the church. The entire book of Acts shows us that the power of the Holy Spirit operated through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The only way to break out of the spiritual death that is happening right now in America is to begin to allow the gifts of the Spirit to flow through our lives, is to begin to get full of the Holy Spirit, full of the power of the Spirit, and to begin to pursue, come on, share this spiritual gifts. Through Peter and John in chapter 3, the gift of healing was ministering to the layman. Words of wisdom and knowledge came through Ananias in chapter 9 of the book of Acts for ministry to Saul. Paul dealt with the demon of divination and a young girl that was harassing the ministry using the gift of discernment in chapter 16. Peter spoke the word of faith to Ananias and Sapphira as they fell dead in chapter 5. Peter did a miracle of resurrection bringing Dorcas back to life in chapter 9 of the book of Acts. Peter preached in the home of Cornelius where tongues and interpretation broke out in Acts 10, and through the disciple named Agabus, the church was blessed in chapter 11 through prophecy. Every gift of the spirit was active through the New Testament church, and I know right now, because of what's going on with COVID, everybody's in a panic saying, Isaiah, we can't meet. Listen, we know in California, the governor has banned services due to COVID 19, and everybody's panicking and freaking out. And some of you are wondering why I'm not blasting the internet. Why am I not calling Gavin Newsom the devil? Why am I not freaking out? Because I believe that in the midst of what we're going through, God is not just exposing where the church is at, but God is revealing what he's doing in this hour, specifically in California. I'm telling you right now, by us saying, Isaiah, what are we gonna do? We can't meet. I'll tell you what we're gonna do when we can't, because we can't meet. I'll tell you what we're going to do not being able to meet on Sunday mornings. We are going to show the world that we're able to be Christian the other 99% of the week. In Acts 2, they met in a temple, and the temple in the book of Acts got destroyed, so the Bible says they did not rebuild the temple. Listen to me very closely tonight. The Bible says they met in homes, schools, and rented bedrooms, and they kept striving and growing, even though they were not able to meet in a church building. Listen to me closely tonight. Statistically, 1%, this will change your mind and I, it'll, it'll help deliver some of you from whining and complaining. 1% of your week is spent in a church building, assuming that you're in church for an hour to an hour and 15 weeks. And I'm telling you right now, and if we keep dwelling on the fact that we can't meet right now, we are further telling the world that we don't know how to be saved the other 99% of the week. If we keep dwelling on the fact that we're not able to gather in our buildings for an hour and a half at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. We are letting the world know loud and clear we don't know how to be believers the other 99% of the week. For so many, they're only Christian on Sunday, and this is why if you take away the Sunday morning experience, they feel like you've taken their Christianity away. Adversity doesn't cause this to happen. Adversity exposes what we've already been dealing with. It has to go beyond our once a week gatherings. I believe that we as the body of Christ are going to come out stronger than we've ever been. I believe that the gospel would advance through this like it's never advanced before. And I feel the Holy Ghost when I say this, I believe that God is going to turn around what the enemy meant for bad, God is going to turn it around for good. People pastors tell me why well, Isaiah, our people aren't tuning in online. And I'm telling you the reason is because our people are not hungry in the church. They are not serious in the body of Christ. Friend, for 10 years, I've been traveling almost every weekend throughout the country saying that the church is asleep, that we need awakening. I've been saying that people are not hungry. We need awakening. And now that this has happened, we think that this is causing our people to not be hungry. Yet this is not causing people to be lukewarm. It's not causing people to not be hungry. It's revealing that they were not hungry in the first place. There is a spiritual death that didn't just start because of covid it's been revealed because of covid it's been there all the long and this is revealing where we're really at now jesus listen closely revealed to us about whether we should worship in a building or whether we can only be Christian on Sunday morning. Jesus addresses this in John four with the woman at the well. Now understand the Samaritans had their own building on the temple on Mount Gerizim. They had their own building. The Samaritans had a building and the Jews had the building. The Samaritans had a church building on the top of Mount Gerizim and the Jews had it on on top of the temple in Jerusalem. And so who was right? This woman begins to ask Jesus that, begin to go back and forth and where is basically what she's saying is where do we worship where's the sacred space and Jesus answer is surprising on who's right Jesus says women believe me listen closely that the hour is coming well you will neither on this mountain worship nor in Jerusalem worship the father you will worship what you do not know he he said you worship what you do not know we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews now listen carefully he said but the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father is seeking such worshipers god is spirit here we go god is spirit so god's not in the natural realm god is in the spiritual realm and the bible says god is looking for those that would worship him in spirit and worship him in truth god is looking for worshipers that would just not worship in a specific building on this mountain or on that mountain so who was right the jews worshipping here or the Samaritans worshiping here, neither of them was right because God says you're both wrong. I'm getting ready to do a new thing and you're no longer going to be attached to sacred spaces. No longer is it going to be, I'm just dwelling in one building. Now I know as a preacher and as evangelist, we walk into church and we say, Oh, I feel the Holy ghost or the presence of God up in this church. Understand you're not filling it in that building. You're filling it within those people. Now we know that church isn't a building we know that I'm not the church we know that we are the church so in order to have a church you have to have a people group we are a part of the global body of Christ but understand the enemy can't shut down the church just because we can't meet for one hour we need to begin to put this in perspective and begin to fall out of love with sacred spaces and if there's anyone excited about being able to gather again it's me so hear what I'm saying tonight there's an issue because humanly speaking people feel closer when they're in sacred spaces so we say i could only experience god in this building or that building and jesus goes wrong you can now worship anywhere honey he says there's a thing coming and it's the holy spirit and the power of god where you could praise me anywhere yes you could praise me in the car you can praise me while you're doing dishes you can praise me while you're in the shower you can praise me while you're at work, you can praise me while you're getting your kids ready for school, you can praise me in your living room, you can praise me in the church, I'm able to be tapped into at any place, whether you're in a live stream, you can still worship, whether you're in your home, you can still worship, I hope I'm helping somebody tonight that's lost their perspective on this, whether you're in a building, you can, you can still worship, but don't say, oh man, I can't live for God, because I'm not able to go to church right now, no wonder why, now, this is starting to make sense why the new testament christians were not concerned with church buildings they were meeting wherever they could whether it was in the room the bedroom the school or the temple and i believe if they had the internet they would obviously be doing live streams as well they were determined oh come on holy ghost they were determined to survive in any environment i'm a believer and it doesn't matter the environment you put me in i'm going to strive while isaiah the anointing can't be there without a keyboard. I don't need a keyboard. You can put me in front of a camera and I'll strive. You can put me on lockdown and I'll strive. You could put me on a stage in front of thousands of people and I'll strive. You could put me at a job where they persecute me. I'll strive. You could put me in a family that calls me crazy and I'll strive. I grow in adversity. I don't die in adversity. You need to break out of the spiritual death and the assignment of the enemy that is trying to shut you down, that's trying to wrap fear around you with every prophetic word you're hearing And let me just say this loud and clear. I believe Alexander Pagani said this last week you don't have to receive every prophetic word that you hear some of you are always tired and always stressed out living in fear because you listen to and believe every dream every prophetic word you don't have to agree with every word that you read on the internet is it is okay as a body of Christ to say I don't agree with that word I don't receive that word and to continue doing what God has called you to do we need to preach the gospel of repentance we need to equip people to heal the sick raise the dead and cast out devils the gospel has not changed because the hour that we were living in it's time to break out of spiritual death this is why he told the church of sardis i know all that you do he said you have a reputation of being alive but you are dead and right now god is exposing all the people that had a reputation of being alive all the churches that had a reputation of being alive but were actually dead isaiah why at mega churches with 5,000 members have 30 people on their live stream because it's revealing that the people are not hungry for God. They're not hungry for the word. Most people in America, this is the honest to God truth only show up to church on Sunday morning because they got raised thinking that if I show up to a building for 1% of my week and I give God 1% of my time that labels me as a believer and I'll be saved on judgment day and you might be saved but you'll be barely saved and I'm not Trying to do the bare minimum. I don't want to live my life having a reputation but be dead spiritually. And this was the church of Sardis. He said, Everybody's talking about you. Everybody knows you as an on fire church or on fire Christian that you're radical. He says, But I see that there is a death that has come upon you. Understand that everybody was looking at the church of Sardis and saying, Wow, this is an amazing on fire church. Look at their programs and look at the success and the numbers and the people that are coming and they have. Have good music and good meetings. This must be what it looks like to be on fire. And Jesus says they're dead on the inside. They don't know me. They're just putting on a show. There is a spiritual death that has set in, in the American church. And right now we are on spiritual life support. There's no movement of the Holy spirit. There's no prayer meetings happening in the body of Christ. There's no culture of holiness. There's no miracles happening. People are not being delivered in our buildings or set free. People are not being, trained and equipped we've created this country club this reputation that we're alive but it's all on the exterior and there's nothing strong on the interior and jesus says it's not about your sacred buildings it's about a sacred lifestyle it's about living this thing out and the sad thing is some of you are writing me and saying, Isaiah, I'm more on fire now than I've ever been. And here's why, because I realized that my Christianity relied on a gathering once a week, rather than a man that is living on the inside of me, that is jealous for my affection. And you realize that you had a form of godliness, come on somebody, but you didn't have the actual lifestyle or the walk that Jesus wanted you to walk. It's like when somebody introduces you, if I were to talk to all your friends to tonight, what would they say about you? Would they know you as somebody who loves God? Would they know you as somebody who's set apart as someone who's always loving and encouraging and focused on eternity? Maybe they would say you're amazing and you'd have this great reputation. So then I would go to your friends and say, okay, tell me about so-and-so. Okay. All the names going through the chat. Tell me about Isaiah. Tell me about so-and-so. And then I would go take that reputation of what they think about you. And then I would bring it to God. And I would wonder if God's opinion on your spiritual life would match what they said about you. And this is exactly what he was saying. He was saying, you're dead. There's a spiritual death. You can be in church every single week and still be dead spiritually. But I believe tonight is the night that God, come on, somebody help me preach. I'm sweating up in this office. Tonight is the night that God is going to resurrect your spiritual life. He's going to light a new fire on the inside of you. He's going to light a new passion on the inside of Some of you say, say, Isaiah, I want the passion for his word back again. Isaiah, I want the passion to pray again. Isaiah, I want to fall in love. I've lost my passion. I've lost my first love. I want it so badly back, and I'm fighting to get it back. Understand, friends, spiritual death takes away your hunger for the things of God. Spiritual death takes your appetite away for the things of God. Spiritual death takes away your desire to share your faith spiritual death takes your desire for the secret place away spiritual death comes upon you and begins to choke out your spirit man that demonic power begins to wrap around your spirit man and choke the life out of you and now the voice of the flesh Is Louder than the voice of the spirit now the voice of compromise is louder than the voice of the Holy Spirit But I'm telling you this is what he told them You need to wake up and you need to strengthen what little remains and is about to die He goes there's just a little bit of passion left in you There's a little bit of desire just a little bit Maybe you were raised in church and you've ran from God But there's that little bit of desire left in you that's about to go out some of you are on the verge of it going out and God is blowing the trumpet tonight saying strengthen that little bit you have left he says go back to what you first believed you were so passionate in the beginning you were so on fire in the beginning you were so going after God like never before you believed every word that was spoken you believe God can do everything but you've somehow let religion mold you into what it wanted you to be instead of what God wanted you to be and God is saying it's time for you to go back to that passion and that fire and that thing that God did on the inside, you might have feel like you're too far or you've fallen, but I'm telling you tonight is your night. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, for though a righteous man fall seven times, he rises again. I'm telling you, you are not a failure because you fell. You are a failure because you stay down. The man who survives is the man that gets up one more time than he was knocked down. The difference between you and the person that's no longer serving the Lord is you got up one more time than they did. And somebody needs to say, I'm getting up again. I'm going to praise again. I'm going to shout again. I'm going to believe again. I'm going to try again. I'm not going to let the enemy hold me down. Maybe you say, I've tried a thousand times to pray to receive the Holy Ghost. Well, it's time to try again. Maybe you say, I've gotten prayer for deliverance a thousand times. And the Lord is saying, well, it's time to try again. It's time to get up. Some of you have been dealing with such bad depression, such bad anxiety that has gripped you. You have a hard time just getting up out of bed. But the Lord is saying, just get up. If you'll do what you can do, God will do what you can't do. Just do something, but don't stay down. Don't let depression keep you down. Don't let religion keep you down. Don't let anxiety Keep you down. Don't let fear keep you down. Let the presence and the power of God awaken on the inside of you tonight. Let God do a new thing. Come on, share this. Everybody, right now, hit share. I'm telling you, faith is rising up. Deliverance is rising up. Tonight is going to be a night of deliverance from spiritual death. It's going to be a night of deliverance from depression. I remember that nobody knew why I would sleep in until 2, 3 o'clock back in the world. It was because I was going through depression and and. And I'll never forget waking up one day after getting saved and having joy and purpose and passion. And the Lord is saying, I'm going to wake somebody up with a new passion for life. I'm going to wake somebody up with joy. Right now I break the spirit of depression. Right now I break the spirit of anxiety. That demonic spirit of depression says you'll never be what you want to be. You'll never get married. You'll never have kids. You'll never get a job. You'll never go places. Your ministry will never grow. They'll never accept you. You'll always be this way. And I come against that demonic spirit of depression in Jesus name. And tonight I command that spirit to be bound. Listen, if you're dealing with depression and anxiety right now, the Holy Spirit is getting ready to break it. Uh, we break every demonic power of depression. Uh, some of you say, I just can't get out of this. It's grit me. Isaiah, I feel like I don't know the way out of depression. Uh, I don't know the way out of the spiritual death. Uh, I don't know the way out of my addiction. Come on, somebody that's addicted needs to listen to me tonight. Uh, I don't know way out of my way out of the fear and the dread I have because of COVID-19. Uh, I've been this way for so long, Isaiah. I don't even know how to get out of it. I feel entangled. I feel ensnared. I feel like I'm in the enemy's trap. I'm in a prison cell. I felt this way for so long. I don't even know how to feel any different. You might not know the way out, but I'm telling you in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way friend tonight. Jesus is the way the way, where the way out without him, you are lost. Jesus is the way out of your depression. He's the way out of your anxiety. He's the way out of your body bondage. Come on, share this. He's the way out of your suicidal thoughts. I came to tell somebody that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If there's any character I could think about in the Bible that dealt with spiritual death, if there's any character I could think about that dealt with depression, that dealt with anxiety, that dealt with suicide, that dealt with rage, that dealt with anger. It's the man in John 5. Jesus gets done coming out of a storm and arrives at the other side of the lake and the Bible says that as the disciples and Jesus climbed out of the boat a man that was possessed by an evil spirit came out from the cemetery to meet them. You want to talk about being spiritually dead? You want to talk about being bound by demonic powers? I'm telling you tonight somebody's going to get the chains broken but they been praying for years to get broken. Somebody that's been coiled up by the spirit of Python. Somebody that's been wrapped up by the spirit of religion. Somebody that's felt like they're being drowned out by the spirit of depression. Tonight, God is going to break it. God is going to deliver and God is going to heal. That tonight is the night. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till the next day. Maybe you're depressed and nobody knows, but I'm telling you, God can deliver you tonight. The Bible says, says this man is possessed by all types of demons, but the Bible says he ran to Jesus. I have to ask somebody tonight when we talk about spiritual death, what is stopping you from getting into your prayer closet? What is stopping you from going hard after God? What is stopping you from coming to Jesus? What is stopping you from saying, Jesus, I give you my everything. What is stopping you from laying everything down and following him? You have to begin in these last days to identify identify what is stopping you from the move of God and the power of God and saying I'm not going to let anything prevent me from what God is trying to do in my life friend I'm telling you the enemy and the demonic powers are working full time to prevent you from your prayer closet they are working full time to prevent you from coming boldly before the throne of grace and I don't care what demons you have I don't care what dysfunction you are dealing with you have to make a choice right now in this broadcast to say it won't stop me from coming to Jesus. It won't stop me from meeting him. It won't stop me from praying. It won't stop me from believing. So many times we let the things that we're in bondage to stop us from the only one that could break the bondage. Tonight is the night. He's the only one that can heal you. I know that you message me. I got hundreds of messages I'm getting back to even right now. And you say Isaiah I need you to pray for me Isaiah I need you to come lay hands on me and friend I love you and I want to pray for you and I do pray for you but understand you don't need me you need Jesus notice the man didn't run to the disciples the man ran to Jesus because he recognized that Jesus had what it took and it doesn't matter if I have 2,000 demons or 3,000 demons or 5,000 demons or all the demons in the city are on the inside of me, Jesus is the only one, see your deliverance start with you recognizing Jesus is the only one that can heal you your deliverance start when you recognize that Jesus is the only one that can break you free and you have to say I refuse to let my religion stop me I refuse to let anger anxiety suicide depression past hurt intellect or whatever it is stop me from running to Jesus at some point you have to let the demonic realm know that you are no longer going to stop me from the destiny that God has put in my life you have to let compromise know you are not going to stop the assignment and the plan has on my life the devil is not able to stop you and this man in John 5 proves it to us here that there is no demonic power that can stop you from the presence of God I've sat I've done thousands of altar calls in the last 10 years and I'm always baffled by how many people sit back and listen to the demons preventing them from having an encounter with Jesus right now there is a war come on share this there is a war going on even in your mind and there are demons that want to prevent you from getting set free tonight there are demons that want to prevent you from laying your life down tonight as i'm preaching there are demonic powers at work trying to stop you from getting free but what you need to know about this demonic realm is the devil is the father of lies and his native tongue is lying and you need to stop buying into the enemy's lies you think god God is telling you to stay in the shallow end of Christianity that you don't need to go deeper do you think God is the one saying don't pursue me and don't seek after me you think God is the one telling you that you don't have to read or pray that much you think God is the one telling you not to be so radical it is a lie from the devil and we keep listening to the voice of the enemy over the voice of God we keep following the plan of the enemy over the plan of God but I'm telling you you need to realize that the devil can't stop you. Only you can stop you. This is why Jesus never says, crucify the devil. Jesus says, crucify yourself because you are the one in the way of your breakthrough. Have you ever met somebody? that's life is spiraling out of control that has nothing going for them because of the choices they've made or because of the, what the devil has done in their life. And you've ever met that person that they always blame everything, every, everything on everybody else. Everybody's the problem and they're not the problem. And it's always this pastor and it's this person and it's their fault. I got in the car accident. It's their fault that I lost the job. Can't keep a job because it must be my boss's fault. Can't keep a church because it must be the pastors. And there comes some point after years and years and years where you, have to stop and say wait a minute maybe I need to stop blaming everybody else for my life spiraling out of control and today I need to recognize that I'm the one stopping myself that I'm the one preventing myself from entering in the destiny and the assignment that God has on my life this is why the Bible says crucify you because you've been preventing yourself from the move of God that's in your life and that God is trying to break out and this man realized I have to get through all my emotions and all my dysfunctions, and I have to crucify my flesh tonight. There is something powerful and attractive about Jesus. There is something in Jesus that draws people. It doesn't matter how bad they are or how far they have fallen. It doesn't matter if they're a drug addict, if they're a gang member, if they're a murderer, if they're a dictator. There is something that draws people to Jesus. I remember the night I got saved. Come on, somebody needs to remember tonight. I remember the night I got saved. There was something that drew me to that altar. The Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I was an atheist five minutes before I got saved. I didn't even want to be in church, but it didn't matter if I was an atheist. It didn't matter if I had demons, which by the way, I had a ton of demons. It didn't matter what the enemy was doing. There was something that drew me to the presence of Jesus. And I came to prophesy over somebody's kids that God is going to begin to draw them. Come on. Don't click off of this broadcast. God is going to to begin to draw them to him. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Understand that religion does not attract people. It only enslaves people. But when you begin to lift up Jesus, people are attracted. People say, Isaiah, I don't know why. I don't understand when I listen to you. I just can't stop listening. And I'm not bragging. I want to show you something here. They say, Isaiah, I watch all your YouTube videos. I spent 14 hours watching. I listened to your whole USB. I listened to all your messages i don't know why it's not because i'm a great communicator okay it's not because this or that it's it's the presence of jesus that you're drawn to if anybody is drawn to me i want them to be drawn to me because the presence of god i want them to be drawn to me because the holy spirit i don't want people to be drawn to me because of a gift or because of this or because of that we need to get back to saying, I'm going to lift Jesus up and people are going to be drawn to what Jesus is saying and going to be drawn to what Jesus was doing. Now the Bible says that the man, when he approached Jesus, now understand this is the biblical way to approach Jesus. The Bible says that he ran to Jesus and got on his knees. Notice that when you're this desperate, okay, I'm all, now right now I'm, a lot of you are going to tune out because I'm only talking to desperate people. When you are this desperate, you don't come to Jesus casually. People are that are in need, do not approach him casually. People who are really messed up, people who really need the touch of God, the grace of God, and are hungry tonight. As David said, as a deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. When we respond, we respond with desperation. It's very interesting because if you read the story of the rich young ruler, the Bible says he did the same thing. He came to Jesus and got on his knees because I don't care if you're possessed by demons or you're possessed by religion both people desperately need Jesus see let me say tonight there's some of you listening say I I don't even get this this isn't for me because I'm not possessed by demons or I don't have any demons but understand that the rich young ruler and the man at the tombs approach Jesus the same way because the Bible's showing us that people bound by religion need Jesus just as much as people bound by demons and there's some of you tonight that are bound by the spirit of religion and god is going to deliver you once and for all people need to begin to come we need to begin to get extravagant in our prayers extravagant how we approach jesus one guy is possessed by devils runs and bows before jesus and the other guy is possessed by religion and runs and bows to jesus and maybe tonight you're like the rich young ruler you're not bound to demons but you're bound to sunday morning religion you're bound by going through the motions you're bound by apathy and complacency you might not be addicted to drugs or alcohol or pornography because but you're just as bad because you're addicted to doing ministry without jesus you're addicted to serving god without god we have become addicted to this powerless this convenient jesus that says you don't have to do anything all week long and just show up for an hour and we'll declare you saved but i'm telling you we need to begin to to come to Jesus with a holy urgency. We need to begin to come to Jesus with a holy passion. Come on, share this stream. I don't know about you, but I need a touch from Jesus tonight. Running speaks of urgency, and bowing speaks of humility. But I'm telling you, you have to get to a place where you say, Lord, I need you to take control because what you need to understand is that your actions speak louder than words your body language speaks louder than words body language will always speak 10 times louder than your words and you know this if you're married because some of you ladies You could look at your husband and he doesn't have to say a word and you know exactly what he's trying to say. And some of you husbands can look at your wife. Listen, I I could look at my wife and just by the look on her face, she doesn't have to say a word. Come on, somebody type one and help me out in the chat. She doesn't have to even say a word. I know exactly what she's saying or I know exactly what she wants and understand that God reads our body language. When we have our hands up in church and we're staring at our watches, we're always in a rush. Every time we come into prayer prayer we're on our phone the whole time. God says I'm reading your body language. You say Jesus, I love you, but spiritually you're dead. Spiritually you're complacent and your body language is saying the opposite of what your lips are saying. Some of you don't need to say a word to God tonight, but through your actions you need to show him you're hungry and you're desperate. Maybe after this broadcast some of you need to get on your knees. Maybe some of you need to get on your face after this broadcast maybe some of you need to throw some stuff out in your life tonight maybe some of you need to text that girl or you need to text that guy maybe some of you need to break off a toxic relationship because i'm not just going to say it i'm going to put action into my words i'm going to declare the word of god and i'm going to be desperate the way this guy is this guy literally shows us the road to breakthrough this guy shows us the road to get delivered if we would follow the steps he takes. We'd be able to get the deliverance that he got. Now the Bible says something so interesting about him, and this will tell us why he is the way that he is. Understand you don't wake up one day depressed. You don't wake up one day spiritually dead. You don't wake up one day bound by demons. It's not an accident. The Bible says something has to happen for you to be the way that you are. You are a product of your choices. The things happening in your life are a product of choices that you are making in but the very interesting part about this man as we talk about spiritual death is the bible says he was living at the tombs the demons drew him to live at tombs if you don't know what tombs are they are graveyards people he literally hung around or lived among dead people people that were not going anywhere in life people that all they brought was negativity all they brought was spiritual death and some of you i'm telling you you cry out for deliverance you message. me me saying, Isaiah, I need deliverance. But I want to give you a word from the Lord tonight. The only thing you need deliverance from is the people that you hang out with. You want to know how to get set free from drugs. You want to know how to get set free from addiction. You want to know, come on, somebody needs to help me preach tonight. You want to know how to start talking clean. You want to know how to start walking right. I'll tell you, get ready to write this down. You get a new group of friends. You need to lose the dead friends. Some of you live your life at the graveyard and wonder why you have no spiritual breakthrough. You need to stop hanging around people that are dead when God is trying to bring you back to life. Dead people doing dead things. Some of you, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You're too old to be hanging out the club. You're too old to be hanging at the bar. You're too old to be hanging out with your old high school friends, still trying to play beer pong and party like as if you're 19 years old. Some Some of you need to grow out of the graveyard and say, I'm done hanging around dead people. I'm done hanging around people. Everyone I hang with is depressed. Everybody I hang with is always fearful and down. Some of you just are like, yeah, Isaiah preached that. Yet, understand you hang around dead Christians, Christians that have no fire. Christians that have no passion, Christians that are in complete compromise, Christians not going anywhere in their life, Christians that don't pray for the sick, Christians that don't challenge you, Christians that don't bring conviction, and maybe you're saved and you're in bondage because you hang out with graveyard spiritually dead Christians, and I hear the Lord saying, it's time to get some friends that are on fire, it's time to find some believers that are hungry, it's time to get around some people that that are doing something in the spiritual realm i'm telling you i'm so grateful as i read this that jesus is not afraid of going to cemeteries understand that jesus was not at this man's graveyard to hang out with him he was there to raise him up there's a difference between hanging out with dead people but and being there to deliver and save them jesus went for one reason and that was to set free a man that was lost and that was looking for answers now I've preached casting out demons and some of you said, okay, Isaiah, you said you can't deliver somebody if they don't want it. What about this man that was at the tombs? Believe me, by his actions, he proves that he wanted it because the moment Jesus stepped foot out the boat, he immediately ran to Jesus. So this man 100% wanted to be deliverance. And I'm so grateful that God showed up in my cemetery when I was hanging out partying. Come on, somebody needs to remember where they were before they were all clean cleaned up, when I was hanging around partying with people, when I was up to no good, Jesus came to my cemetery, Jesus came to where there was death and no life if God puts you at a job and there's spiritually dead people there, he puts you there to revive them, if God puts you in a family and you say, Isaiah, everybody's spiritually dead, he puts you there to raise them up if God puts you at a school with dead people, you are there to deliver them, don't let your spiritual death don't let their spiritual death get on you let your spiritual life get on them somebody needs to begin to ask themselves who is around me that is dead that needs to be revived from the same spirit that raised Christ come on I'm preaching tonight is living on the inside of you. People should be getting impacted by our lives. People should be getting set free by the life that we live. Isaiah, well, you know what? We can't meet because of COVID and listen, you're hundred percent right, but I'm telling you, you can still make a phone call. You can still send a text message. You can still DM them on Instagram. It's 1000 times easier right now to reach people than it has ever been. We're not telling you to go knock on somebody's door. We're not telling you to have a mass gathering we're telling you reach them where they're at you can send them a quick call say hey i want to pray with you how have you been feeling what's been going on friend right now there is an openness to the gospel there is an openness to right now in america people are hungry for the things of god people are hungry for the power of god now the bible says he came to a place this man that was so bound some of you right now are in a place where you are so bound it says that there was no shackle or chain that could restrain him in other words, he's having these outbursts of anger and he came to a place where nothing else would work. He came to a place where there was no pill to help his issues. There was no doctor to help his sickness. There was no counselor to deliver him. There was no physician to diagnose him. There was no psychiatrist psychiatrist to evaluate him. There are so many right now afflicted by demons in our society and even churches are not helping them. The world can only do so much doctors can only do so much medicine can only do so much you have to realize that jesus is the only one that could truly break us free and the bondage that this man was in was not a physical bondage it was a spiritual bondage it was not a physical death it was a spiritual death so they tried shackling him the bible says but they did not realize that what they did on the outside wouldn't help what he's going through on the inside It was not the visible afflicting him. It was the invisible afflicting him. Come on, everybody just hit share right now. And I'm telling some of you, you've been trying so hard to fight your depression, to fight your spiritual death, to fight your fear in the natural realm. But it is a spiritual issue. And tonight we are going to break it off you in the spiritual realm. Some of you need to break it off your husband. Come on, there you go. Let's share this. You need to break it off your husband in the spiritual realm. You need to break that depression off your wife in the spiritual realm. You need to break that addiction off your kids in the spiritual realm. It has to happen in the spiritual realm before it manifests in the natural realm this is why God sends us to dead people because we have the answer to the supernatural demonic problems the world has and it's time for the church to rise up we have failed the world and we've allowed people in our churches to keep their chains we let people worship in their chains we let people join the worship team in their chains we let pastors become pastors with chains on we let people come to our life groups with chains on. And meanwhile, we never actually break the chains. We talk about people's chains. We preach about people's chains. We talk about the power of the enemy and how he puts us in bondage. But where is the power? Where is the equipping and the breaking and the training of the body of Christ? And now is the time. People are looking for answers. Come on, help us tonight. Help me in the comments. People are looking looking for hope and there is equipping and training just as we went live. I saw a lady on here. She said, Isaiah, I just came out of an eight hour deliverance yesterday. Praise the Lord. Friend, you know how encouraged I am by all the messages we have of people saying, I never even thought to do deliverance. And now I'm casting demons out of people. And there are lives eternally impacted because you're beginning to take the gospel seriously. The Bible says not only was he breaking chains, but it said nobody could subdue him. At least they thought, but Jesus was the only one that could subdue him, I'm so glad that when I couldn't control my sin or contain myself, when nobody could control me or stop me from ruining my life, I'm so glad Jesus subdued me. Is anyone glad that Christ tapped you out before you hurt more people? Is anybody glad that God stopped you before you ruined more lives? Is anybody glad that God God subdued you before you hurt yourself or hurt more people? Christ was able to subdue a man that nobody else could subdue. And I'm telling you, I don't care how tough you think the gang members are. I don't care how tough you see you think people are. Christ is the only one that could change and subdue. I've seen some of the toughest people in America get saved and delivered. We look at John Ramirez's testimony who knew the devil personally and yet the Lord was able to subdue him. Don't let their exterior fool you. The gospel is for everybody. Now the Bible says Day and night he was cutting himself, which we're going to talk about cutting here. And he was howling he was literally crying out and right by the graveyard there was a town of people that were having church and meeting in their buildings and having business as usual and they were so busy by their nice comfortable lives they didn't realize that there's people that are in demonic bondage crying out for our help it's sad how many christians get so caught up with the pleasures of life get so caught up in what's happening in the culture or what's happening in the that there are people crying out for breakthrough and deliverance and we're too busy with our nice lives our nice houses our nice careers that we're not helping people that are in bondage he's howling he's crying out and how many of us have ignored the cries of the broken how many of us have ignored the cries of the demonized we get so caught up with our lives that we ignore the cries that are coming from the tombs and i don't know about you but i want to stay sensitive to people that are desperate and hurting i want to stay sensitive to people that need deliverance i want to stay sensitive i don't ever want to say oh well there's a thousand more that need deliverance So it's no big deal. It is a big deal. And God has called us. Come on, share this. God has called us to deliver and set people free. Now the Bible talks about, this is one of the only places that it actually talks about a demon making somebody cut themselves. Cutting yourself is a result of a demonic spirit. The spirit of Legion will absolutely make you self mutilate. We get many messages and many people saying, Isaiah, I cut myself. I need to get deliverance. That is the spirit of Legion. The devil. Wants you to cut yourself to destroy your body because you're made in the image of God understand the devil hates you he hates the way you are you're made in God's image that is why kids that are 10 and 11 and 15 are saying are there's a cutting epidemic that are cutting themselves because the enemy is trying to destroy the image of God in our generation that is why some of you ladies stand in front of the mirror for hours and look at all the things you don't like about your body it's the enemy wanting you to hate the image and hate the way that God made you. That's why the Bible says sexual sin is so bad because it's actually sin against your own body. Now Jesus begins to talk to, begins to deal with this demonic power and the demons begin to say, why are you interfering with me? Why are you, uh, why are you trying to harass me? The devil begins to get mad because Jesus is beginning to interfere with the plan that the devil had on this man's life. And the demons are literally telling Jesus why are you getting in the way of the plan that I have for this man understand that the devil has a plan for every single person in this live stream and the devil does not want God to interfere with the plan that he has on your life you know the devil's plan for your life might be sitting in church the devil's plan for your life might not be as evil as you think but the devil's plan for your life might get you in front of a television for six hours a day the devil's plan for your life might just be to have you live a normal successful life but never make an impact for the kingdom of god maybe the devil's plan is just comfort and complacency and is not as bad as you think understand that when the devil comes to the believer He doesn't offer drugs he doesn't offer uh, this or that he offers them normal he offers them complacency he offers them a powerless Christ and right now the enemy is shrieking and shaking because tonight we are going to interfere with his plan we are going to interfere with the plan of depression tonight we are going to interfere with the plan of compromise tonight we are going to interfere with the plan of anxiety tonight come on somebody help me preach somebody shared this stream we are going to interfere with the plan of addiction tonight some of you have that spirit of destruction that keeps destroying everything good that God is trying to do in your life and tonight we are going to break that spirit of destruction and God is going to set you free once and for all if he did it with a man that had legion he can do it with you now what's interesting is even the demon we're gonna get ready to close here in a couple minutes even the demons called him the son of God even the demons believed in him even the demons trembled but you have to do more than just believe in Jesus you have to live for Jesus that's why James two nineteen he says you say you have faith and you believe that there is one God and James says good for you even the demons believe this and even the demons tremble and I believe in God but so do the demons well I go to church well so do the demons well Isaiah I know the Bible well so do the demons well I have Christian friends, but so do the demons and the demons tremble in terror. And when is the last time we've actually trembled in the presence of God? Even the demons have the fear of God, but the body of Christ seems to have no fear of God. Jesus says, what is your name? And the, the demon says, Legion, for there are many of us inside of this man. Understand that the demon used a military term because even the demons have a revelation that the American church does not have. And that Revelation is that we are at war. Legion was a military term, and the demons realized that they were in a war, that this was no social club, that this was no game, that this is not something that we just do once a week on Sunday, but this is the realest war that you'll ever be involved in. And this war is not for oil, this war is not for political power, this war is not over who's the president, this war is over people's eternities. The War that we are fighting is for souls, and it's time for the Church of Jesus Christ to start acting like we're at war and stop acting like we're at Broadway. It is time for the church to stop putting on a show and start putting on the full armor of God. The church has literally become a place to be entertained, but God is turning it into an end-time army, a place of equipping where we're gonna bring the fight right to the gate of hell. And we're gonna take back our family members We're gonna take back our schools, our friends, our jobs, our communities It's time for us, come on, share the stream. It's time for us to get into the fight This is why Paul constantly used military terms Because he didn't want to produce weak, lazy Christians That did not know how to fight in the spiritual realm And most churches right now in America Are clueless on how to cast out a demon They are clueless clueless on how to fight the war. They are clueless how to wrestle in the spirit, but God is raising up people that say, Isaiah, I want to be engaged with what God is saying in the supernatural realm. And I really want people to get set free. I really want to get delivered. Now, when Jesus cast the demons out, okay, the Bible says the demons asked to go into the pigs and because they knew, they knew they had to leave. Listen, the demons, you got to let them know you're not staying. I know you want to be there. I know you've been there a long time. I know those demons are attached to you. But if you want to really get delivered and set free and walk in freedom, whether it's demons, whether it's religion, whether it's depression, where you're, you have spiritual death that has come upon you, you have to want to get set free. Now the Bible says the demons did go into the pigs and the demons did go off the cliff because remember Legion was not just so you know two to four thousand demons whatever whatever people believe but Legion was a suicidal spirit that caused the pigs to kill themselves. It was also a spirit that controls regions. The spirit of Legion likes to control regions. That's a territorial spirit and it didn't want to leave the territory it was assigned to. See God has put you in your city and in your community to break those territorial spirits, to bring deliverance to people. And like I've taught you guys before, the way you break... Principalities or territorial spirits as you cast demons out of the people in that region and they begin to lose their control Principalities and territorial spirits control low-ranking spirits that live inside of people Very rarely will a principality come inside of a person But principalities live up in that second heaven and they command low-ranking demons that are inside people And so when you begin to deliver the people the principalities begin to lose their power over the region and this is how we change communities we don't just change communities by going to buildings and praying the demons would come out of the buildings we change communities when we begin to individually deliver people we begin to individually see people get saved we begin to individually pray with people it is about us ministering to broken hurting people now here's the interesting part Before I close this, that I want to tell with you that this man was chained by demons, was suicidal, was butt naked, the Bible says, and now the Bible says he's normal and sane, and he comes back to the city clothed, which who knows where he got the clothes, it must have been supernatural, and people are angry, and they're scared, and they're freaked out that his transformation literally freaked people out, and they were now more freaked out that he was normal than before he was delivered and this is because we don't believe in the supernatural power of deliverance we don't believe that people can go one day from being fully possessed fully have lost their minds to the next day fully restored and fully healed and i came to tell somebody that god wants to do this instantaneous tonight that god wants to break off depression right now that god wants to break off destruction right now that god wants to break off fear and break off dread right now that you don't have to wait for a process or a program when we have the power of almighty God at our disposal right now. Right now is the moment. And right now is the time where God says, I'm going to break this thing off of you. I'm going to break this strategy. I'm going to break this assignment. I'm going to break this demonic power off of you. Lord, you got to get to a place where you say, Lord, I am desperate for the breakthrough. I am desperate for the deliverance. I'm desperate for your fire to break into my life tonight. I'm desperate for your power to break into my life tonight. I need these chains to break. I need this bondage to break. The man has new clothes and a new identity. Somebody needs to hear me. God is going to give you a new identity tonight. You are no longer going to be a liar or a thief or a nobody or a cheater or loser or good for nothing or somebody that has nothing going for you. But God says, I'm going to give you new, new clothes. I'm going to give you a new identity. You're going to be clothed with passion and purity and life and power. The man was no longer controlled by chains. He was now self-controlled. Now, one of the saddest verses in the entire Bible is after this man comes to the city with Jesus, the Bible says, and the city gathered and they begged Jesus to leave their cities. And this is the problem in the American church. We don't want Jesus to do deliverance. We don't want Jesus to do healing. We don't want Jesus to break people free because it's too messy for our religious agendas it's too messy for our religious services but it's time to get messy in the body of Christ it's time for people to get delivered once again And I want to speak to pastors. And I want to speak to believers. It's time for you to begin to do deliverances. It's time for you to begin to let deliverances happen in your buildings. It's time for you to let people get set free. The church is not supposed to be a nice, sanitized place. It's supposed to be a place of freedom, a place of deliverance, a place of equipping, and a place of breakthrough. And the Lord is saying, stop being afraid of the Jesus of the Bible. Stop being afraid of the Jesus of scripture. Every time revival breaks out in our churches, we crucify the revival. Every time a move of God breaks out and somebody gets lit on fire, the pastor gets fired when he catches fire. I can't even count how many pastors I know that have had to leave their church because they got set on fire and they begin to shake up the religion and the tradition of the church. It's time to shake religion. It's time to shake tradition. The man wants to go with Jesus and Jesus says, no, 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 you can't go with me. You need to go home and tell your family what I've done. The first thing that should happen when you get delivered, the first thing that should happen. Come on, somebody help me in the comments. When you get set free is that you should tell everybody about it. The people that know you, they know the old you. They know how angry you were all the time. They know how depressed you were all the time. You need to tell them, Jesus changed me and Jesus delivered me. Stop being ashamed of what God is doing in your life. Stop being ashamed of your testimony and say, this is what God delivered me from. This is what God set me free from. Tonight is the night. You say Isaiah I don't have a testimony. Well, you're gonna have one after tonight. Isaiah, I don't know. I have never been set free. This is my first time. Well, tonight is your night to get delivered. Father, we pray and we ask you tonight that you would break out that spiritual death off of us. I'm speaking to those that have lost their prayer life. We're talking about spiritual death, those that have lost their prayer life, those that have lost their passion, those that just feel dead spiritually. And believe me, I've experienced spiritual death before where I just felt dead spiritually. And the Lord had to come and revive me. And I believe if the Lord could revive this man at the tombs, then the Lord can revive you tonight. Right now, I speak resurrection power. Right now, if that's you, this is your moment to receive it. You say, Isaiah, ever since Corona broke out, I feel dead spiritually. Ever since I wasn't able to gather in the church, I feel dead spiritually. I feel like I've been on life support. I speak the resurrection power of God to come over you right now. Uh, I speak the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit uh, to break out in your marriage. Uh, I speak the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit uh, to break out in your children. Uh, I speak the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit uh, to break out. I see you, Pastor Steve, to break out in your ministry. Uh, I speak over those that have not seen breakthrough. You're about to see breakthrough. Uh, I speak to those right now that are hungry for the move of God. Lord, we pray that you would revive us. Uh, I'm praying for myself tonight. Lord, revive me tonight. Lord, deliver me tonight. God, release a new passion in me. You say, Isaiah, well, you're already so passionate. It's not enough. I want more passion. I want more excitement. I want more desperation. I want to be more hungry than I've ever been. Come on, somebody needs to receive this. I want to be more passionate than I've ever been. I'm looking right at you. Tonight is your night. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Receive the healing anointing. Receive the fire of god god is going to break your chains no more walking around with depression no more walking around with anxiety no more walking around with fear it's time to come out of that spiritual death and get the life of christ come on back on the inside of you i speak life over your finances i speak life over your marriage some of you have been going through mental issues because of everything going on We know that depression is at an all time high, but I say right now that it will be at an all time low because God is going to break the back of depression and God is going to break the back of anxiety that there is a fresh anointing coming, that the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit are flowing. I wanna pray for every one of you that right now have COVID-19. There's many of you that have been watching in the hospital and you're writing into our ministry. I wanna pray over you healing right now and I wanna publicly apologize for every pastor that has called COVID a hoax. I want to apologize for every pastor that has tried to downplay it, and I want to tell you that Jesus could heal you right now, that you might be in the hospital, and I speak the healing power of God, that if God could heal cancer, God could heal COVID. If God could heal diabetes, God could heal COVID, and we speak healing over COVID-19 right now. We say that you will live and not die. We speak to your body. We speak to your lungs. I know people Right now very personal in my very own family that are waiting for test results to come back and i speak the healing power of almighty god i speak to those that have lost family and friends and we pray the resurrection power we pray the healing power we pray the power of life right now we speak in jesus name that god's going to bring healing to your family we speak in jesus name that god is drawing near to the brokenhearted that god has not left the church during these times but god is present among us and Father, right now, we pray for a wave of healing to break out right now. We pray for those that are having issues in their lungs. And we say, be restored, that you will not have any symptoms and that you will not have long-lasting results or you will not be damaged permanently. But God is going to heal you and restore you. Father, we're asking right now. We thank you, God, that you're bringing healing in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, that you're bringing breakthrough in Jesus' name. And Father, we repent as the body of Christ for complaining, for murmuring, for calling this a hoax, and for belittling people, and for segregating people, and for causing division. And Father, we ask for the spirit of unity to break out in the body of Christ. We ask for the healing wave of God to break out in the body of Christ. Father, we pray those that are sick right now that feel like they've been betrayed, or the church has turned their back on them or the church has belittled them or downplayed them we pray right now lord that you would just bring restoration over them we pray right now you'd bring healing over them right now in jesus name that your people would be covid free in jesus name father we thank you for divine healing we believe in divine healing that we have not lost our faith just because of this virus but father tonight you're breaking chains come on right now god's resurrecting you you're spiritually dead tonight is your night to come back to life tonight is your night to get your passion back Tonight is your night to get your excitement back. Tonight is your night to get your praise back right now. If you've never been full of the Holy Spirit, just begin to ask the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more does the heavenly father want to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Father, we pray right now for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiasaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.